When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Tottenstown. Welcome to the Tottenstown Podcast, your Tennessee Titans podcast for the Pigskin Podcast Network. My name is Tanner Staggs, and joining me, as always, my brother Tyler Staggs. This is our game reaction for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans game. Titans defense pitching a shutout, holding the Jacksonville Jaguars to zero points, 20-0 to zero win for the Titans. They improved to 9-4. and four. Tyler, before we get into the show, let everyone know how they can support the podcast. Yeah, it's very simple. All you have to do is go to titans-time.myshopify.com slash collections slash all. That'll take you to view all of our merch, t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, hoodies, stickers, phone cases, all kinds of different stuff. Go check it out. You know, you may find something that you like, and we would really appreciate that. If you're watching on YouTube, scroll down. That subscribe button, if it's red, go ahead, just click it. Turn it gray. Turn on the post notifications. So closing in on the end of the year, we set a goal. Hey, we want to hit anywhere between 800 to 1,000 subscribers before the end of the year. Setting at 451 right now. So, guys, we really need some help. And we would appreciate if you could get us to our goal there. And if you like the video, leave us a like on the video. That helps us out a lot. And, again, something else we really appreciate. Share the video with your family, friends, other football fans, Jaguars fans. You may not want to watch this video because, let's face it, your team, your coach, everything, trash. And go down, leave us some comments. Let us know your thoughts on this game. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, whether it be on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast, make sure you are following the podcast. Go down, leave us a five-star rating. Leave us some comments and questions. Like I've said many times, we love that interaction. Also, make sure you're following us on social media. On Twitter, it's Titans underscore time. On Instagram, Titans time podcast. And on Facebook, Titans time. All right, let's talk about this game, Tyler. Um, I thought that the Jaguars would at least put up some points, but obviously the Titans defense... Either the Titans defense came to play or the Jaguars are just really, really that bad. But I or, think or it's a it happened to be a little both. bit of both. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I think it, it was a little bit of both. Um, but, I mean, the Titans, three sacks, four interceptions. I mean, they 
were capitalizing on Sunday and they were making plays when they needed to make them. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were flying around to the ball. They, the Titans defense set the tone early for the game. The Jaguars first possession of the game, Danico Autry first play sack. And then a couple plays later, the, the Jaguars were able to pick up a first down. They're called a run play on first down and Harold Landry and Rashawn Evans shot the gaps, big tackle for loss. And those two plays right there just set the tone for how physical the Titans defense was going to be playing this game. And, you know, the, the turnovers finally went the Titans way this week. Unfortunately, if you look at the last three games, the Titans are still minus five on turnovers. <laughs> but they they made some good ground up in this game by picking off Trevor Lawrence four times. Yeah, I mean, it, it was – the defense really, really was impressive. And I know that, that saying that against the Jaguars is like take it with a grain of salt. But this is what we needed to see from the defense to, to really – have a lot of confidence in them going forward and that's not to say that they haven't played well these last couple of games but you know with the way that things have been going offensively seeing that little extra boost in the way that the defense played to me that that really makes me feel good about this team going forward the offense that's what i was about to say right quick is you know the defense they've they've been doing their part they've kept the titans in games yeah, over definitely. the last couple of weeks. But this week they were just able to force the turnovers. And and that's the key the, the because set, they the, they have struggled to force turnovers recently up until this game. The sad part is, though, the offense couldn't do anything with the turnovers. The, the offense only scored three points off of the four interceptions that the defense had. And the only reason they got those three points was because the last interception that the Titans defense got had them right in the red zone. Yeah, um, I mean, that's exactly what I was about to get to, is that the the offense is still nothing to write home have about. Any, yeah, write home about, have any hope for right now until – Something changes. We were hoping that something was going to be Julio Jones. He, I mean, he was there. I don't know. He, I mean, he had four catches for 33 yards. It's not terrible, but it did. he didn't have the effect that I guess we were hoping that he would have. The offense is still looking bad, and I don't know that it's going to look any different than this until Derrick Henry comes back. And, this honestly has been – I think this is something to hit on real quick. This has been extremely eye-opening, the the time from Derrick Henry's injury against the Colts until now that he is more important to this offense than you would hope. I mean, you, you would hope that the, the offense doesn't rely so much on one person, but he's extremely important. So here's what I want to say. The offense did just enough for the Titans to win this game. Now, the first Titans got the ball to start the game off, and that 
first offensive drive. I loved it. The play calling was good. They drove down the field, scored a touchdown. I was like, okay, this is what we needed to see. Even their their second drive, I'm trying to think. Um, their second drive was when they went down and had the missed field goal. They were driving down the field pretty good on that drive as well. You know, I, I was kind of liking that. But after they got up 10 nothing, the offense just looked so bland. And the play calling went conservative. Like, it, honestly, as far as watching the Titans offense, it was... I don't want to say boring. Well, I, I'll, there and watch I'll it, will jump in right there because this game, for me, I'll be the one to say it because I don't care. This game was hard to watch, and I found <laughs> I found myself literally a couple times I fell asleep and took a short nap, and I, that is literally not an exaggeration. I promise you I did. It was hard to watch because there it was just a boring game. The Titans, like you said, the offense got boring. I don't know what happened exactly. I don't know what type of mindset change there was in, in what they were doing or if they just stopped executing. It, started, it seemed like the play calling sort of, like you said, started to become a little bit more conservative. But it was just not a fun game to watch. And that's, I mean, typically I, I do enjoy to sit and watch the Titans play football. But even though this was a win, I didn't really even enjoy this game. Right. And I just want to say to all of our viewers or everyone watching this or listening to it, we're happy that the Titans won. We're happy that the Titans are 9-4. and four. But we can still be critical of the offense right now because we have a couple teams coming up that when we play them, like, yes, our defense can keep us in the game and everything, but if our offense is playing this conservative, we're we may not win those games. I mean, it's just that's how it is. And you're gonna have but, trouble scoring on the Steelers. You're gonna have trouble. Honestly, I, I mean, I hate to say this, but there's a good chance that you have trouble scoring against the Miami Dolphins. And then going on from there, I can't even. So I can't goes, exactly think. It goes Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins, Texans. The 49ers, I, to be honest, I haven't even watched or kept up enough with the 49ers to know exactly how good their defense is. They're they're kind of flipping a switch right now, just the 49ers as a team. Um, but coming back to this game, because I don't want to look too far ahead, like I said, the play calling just got conservative, and – Part of that could be the fact of, like, I seen where people kept saying, "Oh, well, they need to take uh, deep shots down the field." Why is the why are they not taking deep shots? I'll tell you why they weren't taking deep shots because anytime Tannehill had to hold on to the ball for a longer developing route or play, he was getting pressured and he was getting hit. Like it, the Jaguars defense had four sacks this game. And it seemed like it was more than that because every time the Titans offense had the ball and Tannehill was having to wait for a longer route 
to develop. I was up in the stands and I was like, get rid of it. Get, get, get rid of it. Like they're, they're right there. So you, I mean, it's, you have to find that balance of, yes, you do need to take shots down the field to maybe take the top off the defense and make it more exciting to watch and not be as conservative. But at the same time, you can't get Tannehill killed. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I had to mute my mic for a second there. I'm sure you, I've heard I had a, got a dog going crazy for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, I heard Tito uh, over there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's, anyways, um, that's, a, that's a great point because the offensive line, I think, is something that I personally have overlooked. And I realized that during this game for the past couple of weeks, or honestly, even for the whole season, because, Tannehill's been sacked more than any other quarterback. And that's not a good thing to be leading in, obviously. Um, but he just continues to take hit after hit after hit. And it, it, it's – I mean, you make a great point about the offense. It's hard to do things. It's hard to take shots down the field. It's hard to really get any type of anything going in the passing game when the quarterback doesn't have time to let anything develop. And I will say that I did like um, Tannehill's, for the most part, his pocket presence more this game because early in the game, the middle of the offensive line opened up, no one was open downfield, and Tannehill actually took off and ran with it. And – this time, he didn't fight for extra yards or anything like that, taking an unnecessary shot. He slid, and a Jaguars player did hit him late. Yeah, but he got, he got the penalty. Got, got flagged for it. Lawan got in the dude's face, moved the offense down more. It was just – I guess the thing for me is with the Titans' offense, you can still – I'm not saying they need to stay conservative – but when Tannehill's not having time for the longer developing plays, just change it up some. I mean, the offense just got so predictable. And, yes, it's still worked a little bit. They were able to drive down the field a couple of times. But it wasn't – I mean, it was just – it was so predictable that the Jaguars were able to stop them. I mean, that's why the Titans weren't able to score when they got the turnovers – that they could have easily won this game like 35 to nothing or 40 to nothing when you look at the turnovers that they had, but weren't able to capitalize because they got conservative with the play calling or too predictable with it. Yeah. And the run game was, it, it was serviceable. I mean, it honestly, if they would have lost you, you could, you would say it, it was bad, you know, but like, you can't really hate on it. It was probably offensively, probably one of the best things that they had going on. Um, well, they, I'll say this. They had 102 yards, averaged three yards a carry. They had some really good runs this game. But this comes back to the play calling. You got too predictable. The Jaguars were able to sell out a couple of times on the run and stuff it. I mean, you, you can't do much there. And 
you know, the, the passing game, I think uh, Tannehill had, let's see, he had 191 yards passing. So, you know, not too terribly bad. But all, all around, it was just a slow game for the offense. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's you know, kind of what I was getting at earlier. I think that this is just what you can expect from the offense. I mean, seriously, until Derrick Henry gets back. Um, and it, it's you'll see a slight bump when A.J. Brown comes back if – he comes back before Henry. What does the timeline look on that? You're you're the guy that has been able to keep things straight with all the injuries here. Yeah, so basically you could have AJ coming back after the Steelers game. Like I think he could be back for the 49ers game. Henry, the reports on him, because new reports have come out by Ian Rappaport saying that Henry will be ready for the playoffs. Could even be ready for week 18 if the Titans need him. So, you know, that – and I want to get your thoughts on this right quick because – and I'll give you mine first. As for Derrick Henry, if he is able to return week 18, there's only two scenarios where you put him out there. and But either way, it's – it has to be a must-win game. But the two scenarios for that must-win game are, one, you need to win the game to win the AFC South. If that's the case, you've got to get your best player out there and lock up the AFC South. The other scenario, you're playing for the number one seed. If you win the game and you get the number one seed, Put your best player out there, let him run wild, win the game, get that bye week so that he can rest that next week. Other than that, if you have the AFC South locked up before then, and if you can't get the number one seed, save him for the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, as much as it sucks to watch this offense right now, and I really do mean that it sucks. Um, I, I think that getting AJ back, um, for the 49ers game will be enough of a, enough of a boost there offensively that they'll be able to lock up the AFC South and fight for the number one seed. I mean, there is a real chance and I, I don't know, just Growing up in the era of Titans football that I did, this sounds weird to say, but there's a chance that the Titans are the best team in the AFC going into the playoffs and have a bye and have home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs. And that's that's something to be excited about. I mean, that is something that we haven't, you know, seen. So... I do think if they are fighting for that number one seed, you do everything you can to get Henry out there. Obviously, if it's for the AFC South, you have to put him out there. Um, any other scenario, 
I don't, I don't think that, yeah, I, mean, I, I think that, you just let him that's rest. That's the thing. Like you let him rest because you could make the argument, okay, put him out there for, let him get a couple of carries so that he can get hit and maybe knock a little bit of rust off. Don't give it like maybe five to 10 carries to do that. But at the same time with how Vrabel practices these guys, like how physical the practices are, you could probably get that in a Titans practice. Like you may not have to do that uh, in a real game situation. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can look at it, but again, I just think there's only two ways you do that. And I know you agreed with me there on that. So I, I know this Titans offense right now seem it can be boring to watch. But when they get AJ back, here's the main thing. Do we even talk about this if the Titans get AJ back and even if the they're not throwing it deep, Tannehill gets the ball to Julio or AJ and they break it for a long touchdown, then all of a sudden it's exciting football again. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. I mean, they when you have players out there that can literally go yard every time that they touch the ball, that completely changes things. And when you only have one and it's Julio and it's his first week back, you know, there's that's different, I think. Now, um, hey, he was close. That little bubble screen to him. I I thought he was fixing to break off that tackle and yeah, and, to, and I mean that's what I'm saying. That you know, with these guys, there's literally that potential at any point. And when you once you put two of them out there, not only is the defense having to spread itself thin to make sure that these guys don't get you know the opportunity to score, but that's there's double the chance that you get the ball in someone's hands that can just do what AJ did against the Ravens, you know, last season or the season before when I can't exactly remember when that well, was. Even you know what, what I'm talking about. The, even what he did against the Colts and Andy where he had that out route and ended up turning it upfield and took it to the house. Yeah, yeah. Like um so when you have electrifying players like that that automatically and and you know, it's not even necessarily about being entertaining um i mean obviously that's the word that we're putting on it because we're we're fans and we're watching and you know even though they won you know we're like well this is boring what's more important is that if this were a different team if this were the pittsburgh steelers and the titans played the way that they did the offense played the way that they did you might be looking at a different outcome and they might have lost this game um and and so that's it's we're not necessarily concerned about whether or not the offense is entertaining. We're more concerned about the offense being able to go down performing at points. Yeah. Performing at a high level so that they can win the game and a good offense obviously is entertaining. So those two things go hand in hand. Uh, so I just wanted to make that clear, but right, let's because- jump real quick before we finish talking about this game. Let's jump into the best bet segment presented to you by DraftKings an official sports betting partner of the NFL. I'm sure everyone loves a high-scoring, you know, action, action-packed game. You're not going to get that watching the Titans, obviously. Um, 
But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. All you have to do is use promo code TPPN when you sign up. If the sportsbook's not available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Once again, all you have to use is promo code TPPN. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. For details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I've been looking forward to this segment. Yeah. Ever since the game. Because I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. I was 100% this week. Yeah. And And go ahead and, and run through those. Uh, my 100% got to come on the first drive of the game where the Titans had the ball, took it down the field, and scored with a Foreman touchdown run. At the, and Man. that was my two. I said that the yeah. Titans would score first this game and take Foreman as an anytime touchdown score. Wish I would have took him as a first touchdown score. Yeah, it would have been better odds. But uh, what does that bring your total to now? That puts me at 11 of 20. I mean, you're honestly sitting at a solid number. You're sitting when we... 55%. Yeah, when we created this segment, you're sitting where I... I mean, I thought I could at least, you know, get into that mid to high 50% range. Obviously, things are just not going great for me. I picked the Jags (laughs) plus eight. Over 43 and a half. Um, neither one of those things happened. I'm still stuck at five bets that I have gotten right. I'm five out of 20, which is just not great at all. Um, sitting at a not so great looking 25%. Um, maybe next week. <laughs> You're on the next week for that, huh? Now on, on to next week. We'll talk about we'll talk about the best bet segment when I, I don't know. I was trying to do a little variable spinoff right there, but yeah. Anyways, that's <laughs> that, been the best bet segment presented by DraftKings. And just for all of our viewers that are watching on YouTube, in case you want to see it, I believe I have a video of Foreman's touchdown this game. So we'll try to get that put up here. Uh, on the screen for you and let you see that. Just, you know, I, I feel like putting it up there just as a reminder that I said, hey, he's going to get that touchdown this week. And also, coming out of halftime, you know, the Titans and Jags went back and forth with the ball a little bit. And Titans were able to drive down the field with their second possession of the second half. And we got to see the Tanner roll. He he ran it in. Got to see the finger roll there. Also, I don't know if you've seen the video of Ben Jones doing the cartwheel. No. 
you need to find that video. I it, I don't know how he does it. I'm looking at it right now. Like if I tried that, I'm tearing something in my knees or something. That that's impressive for <laughs> an, an NFL offensive lineman. I mean, it really is. <laughs> it, it it is. Um, now I do want to touch more on these interceptions that the Titans had. So the first interception was by Rashawn Evans. And we'll call a spade a spade here. Chenault should have caught that ball. It hit him right in the hands, went through, and then you're going to let a linebacker in the NFL have better hands than you and pick it off. Yeah, um, that's actually something that I wanted to talk about, not specifically that interception, but we saw... Oh, I. Two middle linebackers. Go ahead. Two middle linebackers that we were talking about in the game preview as guys that could could probably go after this season. We saw them both get interceptions. Um, obviously, Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown. Two out of the four that the Titans had on Sunday. Um, does this change anything no. or a, a better a better question where does this leave Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown when David Long and Zach Cunningham come into play I that part I really don't know um I just know the Titans will have four really as far as this year goes four solid inside linebackers that they can put out there they can switch them in and out, do whatever they need to do. Um, because really before he got hurt, aside from the first couple of games, Rashawn Evans had been playing better this year. But I can agree with I, that. I don't think it's enough for him to stay with the team next year. Uh, but as far as when... Cunningham gets ready, and when David Long comes back, I have no idea how the Titans are going to work that. Um, but it makes me feel, I guess, better about them not trying to rush Cunningham out there. Like, let him study the playbook and get to know it really well before putting him out there with with the way these guys are playing. And I do want to touch on that – Jayon Brown interception because that, that was a heck of a play. It, it was a great interception. I mean, he that was a great catch, but the defensive play call there was beautiful. Because if you watch, Shane Bowen had Jayon Brown line up right over the right tackle. The ball gets snapped, and Jayon runs up and engages with the right tackle, leaving Ola to come from the edge, unblocked, straight towards Trevor Lawrence. And as soon as Jayon Brown engages with the right tackle, he drops back into coverage. Ola's coming untouched. Lawrence just has to make a quick decision, fires it out, and Jayon's right there to make him pay. Yeah, I mean... It, it doesn't get much better than that. Like, 
I know that like we're we're gonna love on Shane Bowen here for a little bit, and that's not something that we're necessarily used to. But hey, the defense has, has looked good, and I it's just weird. As much as we hated on him last year, and as much as we hated on the decision to make him the the coordinator, he's he's done a solid job, and I'm really coming around on him. Yeah, I'm. I think he's done a great job this year. And, you know, I want to keep talking about these interceptions. So, did you hear all the talk about them saying that Trevor Lawrence was needing to go after Christian Fulton? Yeah, game? yeah. Um, I did. And but who, who gave him that advice? I, obviously, someone was not familiar with the Titans and specifically their secondary in a way that the best player in, or I, I won't say the best player in their secondary, the best cornerback has been playing this season because Fulton has been nothing but good when he's been out on the field. So I don't know where that's coming from, but it's blasphemy. Like, <laughs> There's literally, which, I mean, by the way, Buster Screen, as was pronounced on TV and has been for the past couple of weeks, and I thought it was Buster Screen, but uh, I guess I'm wrong. Even though he did get an interception, like that's a guy that you want to go after, you know, instead of Fulton. Yeah, and, why not go after him or Maben or exactly. Jones? Like, those are the guys you need to go after. Don't go after Christian Fulton. And honestly, he could have had another interception this game, but he slipped at the top of the receiver's route. I believe it was uh, Marvin Jones. And he still got up and made the tackle right there where Jones called it. But if he hadn't have slipped, he was in perfect position to pick off that ball. And the one that he did get, Titans defense just getting great pressure on Trevor Lawrence. He rolls out to his left. Don't know why he tried to throw this ball down there. Uh, so he was throwing it towards the side of the field where that our seats are on. And, man, I wish I would have been recording this because as soon as he threw it, I looked and I seen Fulton. I said, this is picked. Like, he's got this. Sure enough, he picks it off. And, you know, it just, of course, the Titans weren't able to do anything with it. But then you mentioned it, the last interception that the Titans had was by Buster, how you say his last name again? They, they've they been pronouncing it for the past couple of weeks as Buster Screen. So, which... Screen, he, he talked about this, how he knew what route was coming. He basically baited Trevor Lawrence into throwing this ball because he acted like he was going to play to the outside when he knew the dig route was coming inside and then he just cut across and intercepted it. And I really thought he was going to take it back for six. It would have been nice, honestly. So, you know, that's touching on the interceptions that the Titans had. How about that run defense though? I okay. So something I want to point out, does urban Meyer not know who James Robinson is 
or mm-hmm. like like nope does does he just check and see like okay we've got this guy he's an undrafted free agent okay that's our best running back like let's just not run the ball like does he i, I just don't understand it because obviously Robinson has been a solid guy and they probably would have had a much better chance at moving the ball with him than throwing it with Trevor Lawrence 40 times. So, well, and anytime they would get a decent run, it would be because they had an offensive lineman holding. And I guess that's the biggest thing for me is, yes, give, give him more attempts. Like that's where you're messing up. You're putting too much on your rookie quarterback. Give him more attempts. I don't know that it would have added up to anything just because I think the Titans defense was playing on a whole different level this game. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, honestly, the best thing that would it would have done for them is it would have made this game go by a little bit quicker. So that would have helped them out. That would have helped everybody out that was watching. Um, all like, I don't know. It, it, it may just be me. Comment below if you think I'm wrong or if you think I'm right. But this was just, it just has Jaguars filth all over it is the only way I can describe it because it was hard, hard to watch. Eight yards the whole game. Eight yeah. rushing yards on eight attempts. And, and honestly, and, if you think about it, you know, for the amount of times that Trevor Lawrence threw the ball, 221 yards is not great at all. I mean, that's mm-mm. five and a half yards per attempt. Uh, you know, even Tannehill, who only had 191 passing yards, had 6.2 yards per attempt. So that's that's a little bit better. Um, I, I don't know. The Jaguars are just not a good team this season. Um, that's why I'm a little bit upset that the, that the Titans had such a hard time moving the ball and scoring points on them. But, I mean, hey, all in all, at the end of the day, this is a win, and it – I mean, you can't really ask for anything more than that than just – another number in the win column. Uh, and so that's Vrabel, great. And th- Vrabel is great coming off bye weeks. Like yeah. the Titans are undefeated coming off their bye week. And that could play into why this bye week in the playoffs may be so important. I agree there. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to with the rest of the season. The The Steelers game will be interesting. And then – Hoping that AJ will be back for the game after that, that that should definitely help to turn things around offensively. Uh, until then, just have to hope that the defense can continue grinding things out and helping to get these gritty wins. Even though you know it, it's the offense is not really doing a whole lot to help them, but I mean, in this case, they did you know, enough to have a 20 to nothing win. So, yeah. And again, 
for anyone who's made it this far in the video, we are happy the Titans won and are nine and four. Do still need to see a little bit more from the offense because you mentioned it. This won't cut it against the Steelers. The Steelers have proved the last couple of weeks that even if they get down by a, a large margin, if you get too conservative with your play calling, they can get back in the game and have a chance to win it. And you don't need to let that happen. Of course, we'll talk more about that on our game preview for you know later this week. But all in all, I was just happy to be back in Nissan, see a Titans win, see the Titans take care of business against a team that they should handle easily. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, that that is a positive there that that they didn't I mean, they didn't play down to the Jaguars. I mean, beating them by 20 points is is definitely no joke. So that was a good thing. Uh, but that's all that I've got. I, I don't know if you have anything else to add before we close out the show. Uh, only other thing I do want to say is to the about the kid that sung the national anthem. May, get him back to do it again. He absolutely killed it. I don't know if they showed that on TV or not when you were watching. But you need to go look at the Titans' Twitter and watch this national anthem that he he killed it. I mean, had Titans players coming out on the field after he got done high-fiving him and everything. Wow. So, Well, that, that that's pretty cool. Um, but that's been it for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up.